welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller on Amazon, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And uh, I am so happy that you're here with me today. This is very exciting. We, today we have an acupuncturist. Yeah, I know I'm an acupuncturist too, but we have an acupuncturist, Alexa Gilmore. And now she is trained in traditional Chinese medicine. And we are going to be talking about um, skin, the health of skin. Now, you may have heard from our other shows, um, you know, with Dr. Dennis and the LifeWave shows about skin, the different channels that it has to do with, but this is kind of exciting because we're going to have yet another perspective on the Chinese medicine perspective of skin diseases or skin issues. So we're going to learn the basics of maintaining healthy skin, several self-care rituals to support your skin, your skin health, and healthy aging. So that's super exciting. Uh, maybe some foods that will help you age well, and uh, how your current food choices may be impacting your skin health. And and uh, I have stories about that definitely from childhood <laughs> that I'll share in a little bit. Um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, you you actually have options. Um, you don't have to be held hostage by the whims of you know your skin disease or any other disease for that matter. And most importantly, you know, how your skin is, how healthy your skin is, reflects your broader health. Yes, your skin is a reflection of your health internally. So you'll have a better understanding of uh, what's going on. So let me tell you a little bit about Alexa. So she likes to call herself a vitality warrior <laughs> who takes a stand for you for your fullest potential as an acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, body worker, and coach. She takes a no-nonsense approach to the healing arts and expects positive outcomes like functions rebalancing, harmony restored, resilience renewed. Uh, she welcomes guests from around the world to her clinic in Portland, Maine, where she specializes in chronic illnesses, women's health, skin diseases, her passion is to use optimal health as a vehicle for personal transformation. So while we wait for Alexa to come on the live radio show, let me just share with you her website right now. It is www.atxskin.com. So again, that's www.atx, as in like Xerox, skinskin.com. If you are going to call in live to the show, the number is 818-514-1190. Just hit 1 so we know your hand's up. Again, if you want to call in live and ask a question, the number is 818-514-1190 and just hit 1. Okay, so let's. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm just going to hang up the phone here with Alexa so she can give us a call back into the live show. And I'm going to open up the chat, so just wait a minute for that, guys. Okay, so let me open up the chat, and uh, in this chat, you can go ahead and, you know, share some of your skin issues, because Alexa may be able to, just from your symptoms, be able to figure out what it is that might be going on in, just by the reflection of what's going on in your skin, what uh, might be going on internally, yeah, internally. Okay, so let's, uh, oh, looks like Alexa's calling me, so let's just see here. Hey, Alexa. Hello. Hello. Can you call into the radio show line so we can all I, hear you? Thank you. I tried, and it's the number that I was given isn't going through. It's telling me it was misdialed. Okay, so it's 818-514-1190. Yes. 
Okay, let me try again right now. And just hit one. But I know okay. what number you're calling from, so yeah, okay. should be good. If not, we'll have to do it right this way. There. Okay. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, technical issues. That is okay. That is okay. We still Mercury and retrograde, folks? <laughs> I don't think so. That's uh, okay. It's a live radio show. What can we say? It's live. Um, all right, so yes, yeah, so I just opened the chat. So if you have any skin issues, um, you can go ahead and put it in the chat, or you can raise your hand. I see some folks have their uh, hand raised already. Awesome. So we'll be answering some of those questions a little later. And uh, I have had terrible, I was young. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was told when I had a skin full of acne that, um, you know, I shouldn't eat chocolate, that I should, you know, um, I don't know, stop eating eggs. I mean, it just kept going on and on and on and on. So uh, we're going to get some uh, facts set straight here. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Alexa Gilmore to the show. Hello, Hello. Alexa. Yay. Hello. <laughs> Yay, it worked. <laughs> Yay, it worked. Yeah, I love it. Okay, fantastic. So we did a little intro, just shared a little bit about yourself, and uh, I guess you're based in Portland, Maine. Um, maybe I you can am. tell us a little bit about, uh, yeah, like how did you decide to become an acupuncturist in the first place? Oh, my goodness. Um, I fell in my early career, kind of fell into doing body work and very mm. quickly thought, oh, I am 100% on the right track. But I really wanted some more tools. And at the time, I really, it was important to me to feel like I was um, doing more comprehensive sort of primary care for people. And so I was reflecting on what that might look like and all of the people that I had seen in my life, naturopaths and chiropractors, and I had seen acupuncturists and Chinese medicine physicians. And or did I want to go to, you know, Western medical school or be a DO? And um, mm -hmm. as I circled around and around and reflected on it, really it was the acupuncturist and the Chinese herbalist that I had seen that had had the most profound impact on my health, both in the reasons that I had gone to those people and also fixing all kinds of things that I didn't even know was wrong. <laughs> Um, and so, <laughs> right, <laughs> which is neat because we're so connected that way. Uh, so that really made the decision for me. It said, well, this has had the most impact on my life. So it makes sense that this is going to be the path that I pursue for now. And, um, of mm. course, had no idea the depth or the breadth of the discipline that I was stepping into because um, you just you step into this huge world when you step into the world of Chinese medicine. But that's, that's kind of how I got started. Mm, very, very neat. I think it's so interesting how so many of us in the healing profession uh, have had our own issues, you know, and then we get interested yes. and curious. And I, I don't, you probably don't know this, but I wanted to be a dermatologist. Uh, no, I didn't when know I was that. A teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh -huh. I wanted to be a dermatologist because I suffer from terrible skin issues. I went to this mm. dermatologist who spent like an hour like popping pimples off my face. I'd come out of her office completely red. <laughs> Uh, completely embarrassed yeah. to go through the waiting room to yeah. see my face, went through all these medications and, and toxic medications, and I got so desperate, she finally said, okay, yeah. well, let's do Accutane. Now, you probably know what that is, but just for people not, yeah. you know, yeah, not, not familiar with Accutane, it is a very toxic Western medication made with what are called retinoids. It's a kind of like a mutant version of vitamin A or something. Anyway, so it, so it uh, has side effects of drying the skin, 
uh, but it also has mm-hmm. teratogenic effects, meaning that you could have a mutant baby, you know, if you were to get pregnant. Right. So nowadays it's super strict, like as far as getting that. But um, my, you I think know, you need to be done two forms of birth control. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sign mm-hmm. all these waivers and all this kind of stuff. So, but back mm-hmm. then, you know, um, I wasn't sexually active, so I was like, okay, you know, this can't be that bad. Um, but yeah, I got the dry skin, but I really didn't think about the long-term effects because I was so depressed with my skin being yeah. so bad. And you know, it did work, you know, while I was yep. taking it, but I wasn't addressing the underlying issues. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. 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 yeah well, a lot uh, of the interventions that a, a lot of people come in having been on to see me, it's exactly that where it's addressing the symptoms and it works for a period of time or it only works when they're on the medication or it worked for a while and then Mm -hmm. it stops working. Um, And then usually people find me because they're finally kind of ready. They're desperate and they're, they're finally ready to try to get to the root of it more than just masking or really suppressing the symptoms, which a lot of, a lot of the medications unfortunately are suppressing symptoms, which means they can get worse when you get off of them. Oh, yeah, that is so true. And uh, I, it's it was so embarrassing. It's all coming back to me now. Look, uh, I was all embarrassing yeah. for me because uh, I, I would have the sulfur stuff on my face. And my mm-hmm. friends, you know, halfway through the day, it started melting, right? So it looked like I had some weird mask on. And they're like, what's with your face? What's, <laughs> what's all that orange stuff? And it was so embarrassing and so great to, like, had I known now what I knew then, I was like, oh, my gosh, it would have saved myself so much stress and anxiety and everything. Yeah. So so what well, do you find one of uh, the, in your practice? Well, um, what do I find in a general way? Well, what, what I was thinking uh, just, there you is know, one of the most re- – Oh, we've got a delay. This is going to be fun. A delay on the line. (laughs) Yeah, a little Um, bit of a delay. Sorry. uh, No, no, it's okay. Um, I I was just reflecting on one of the most rewarding aspects of my practice. I treat people of all ages with all kinds of conditions, but it's so rewarding to treat young people, to treat teenagers, because they're so self-conscious. They're trying to develop their sense of self. Like the last thing that any teenager needs is another, is anything that makes them stand out or makes them you know, gives them an opportunity to be more self-conscious than they already are just by virtue of what goes on at that age. So really working with teenagers and what comes up the most with them is acne, although I have had some um, pretty serious eczema cases that were disfiguring with people, young people that I've worked with. But that's one of the most rewarding things is to just give them their confidence as they're just trying to assert themselves out in the world. Oh, definitely. So I, definitely. I hear they, you, and I experience your experience in my office with the with the teens that I work with. And I've heard that there are some studies that uh, with depression and maybe even suicide that 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 boys with with severe acne yeah. uh, are high risk or higher. Yeah, risk. that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, um, yeah. And and like you, I caught the tail end of of your intro and talking about you know all the food recommendations and. Way, the way that I talk about food with skin is I definitely, there are things that, that we talk about in terms of diet and lifestyle that are really relevant. They're different depending on each skin issue that we're looking at. So when you talk about boys and acne, I also think of the diet of the typical American teenage boy, which is not good. <laughs> um, and no. We can't pretend, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we can't pretend like that's not a factor. Um, there are also all these other factors. So I tell people, look, we... 
sometimes the diet and lifestyle recommendations, A, they might not be appropriate for you constitutionally from a Chinese medicine perspective or for your particular skin condition. So we need to make sure you're doing the right things, but it also might not be enough. So those are things that are going to really help you. Once we get your skin and your system stabilized, they're going to help keep you stable because the foundation of good eating and eating for your own body, all of us are well served by that. But to not despair you know, like, oh, I, you know, I've already been told I need to stop eating spicy food or stop eating, you know, greasy food or whatever the litany of things has been that they've tried and haven't worked. When your skin, when any condition has moved beyond a certain point, those interventions mm-hmm. alone sometimes aren't enough. And that's where the magic of the Chinese herbs can come in for folks. Ah, interesting, interesting. Now, in, in Western medicine, um you know, we now more recognize the role of the gut uh, in, mm-hmm. in health and not just, you know, any health, skin health included and the microbiome, the balance of uh, yeah. bacteria and things like that. Now, in Chinese medicine, they, they don't describe pathogens or bacteria as things. They call it like damp and cold and heat and excess, you know, those exactly. kinds of things. So how, do, how does one know, you know, what imbalance they have? Are there certain signs or symptoms? Yeah, and so every, it's like when somebody comes to me, whether it's acne or eczema or psoriasis, there's not a magic, you know, Chinese psoriasis herb or pill. That would be amazing. You're doing my job very easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, we're really looking at, there's certain things that we know are true about each one of those conditions, but then I'm taking a really close look at the lesion itself, which tells me so much about how to treat it. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about acne, for example, is it like a light kind of acne where it's really superficial and maybe the lesions are flesh covered or is there a lot mm-hmm. of background redness like lesions aside their skin is just really red um mm. how many pustules do they have or is it really deep cystic painful kind of acne is it more red is it more purple um, does their skin tend to get really greasy, which is kind of that Accutane approach. It's like, oh, it's like acne. We just need to dry up their skin, which is not right. the right solution for all kinds of acne. Some <laughs> people, we do need to dry up their skin, but some people, they've got acne, but they don't go around wanting to wash their skin three times a day. Um, so all of those things help inform um, from the from the perspective of the skin, what I need to do, but then we're also taking the whole person into consideration. So sometimes it's very clear that somebody's digestion needs support in a way that Chinese medicine would recognize. So if they, if they don't have an appetite, if they've got a voracious appetite, if they bloat really easily, you know, we look at their stools and that plays into the diagnosis. Um, I'll ask any, you know, if a young girl is menstruating or certainly any adult woman who's menstruating, there's all kinds of details around a menstrual cycle that can feed into my diagnosis. So if a woman has a tendency for, um, you know, all inflammatory issues tend to get worse premenstrually. So just the fact that acne gets worse, mm. worse premenstrually doesn't necessarily um, make me think, where am I going to go with that? Doesn't. Um, make it like quote unquote hormonal in that way. But if a woman has endometriosis, really painful periods, really, really dark bleeding, lots of clots. And then also their acne lesions tend to be purple. They're really slow moving. Maybe they're kind of cystic and painful. That menstrual cycle is going to, as I clear up her acne, I suspect her menstrual cycle is going to prove and vice versa. Because the same, there's there's a mechanism that's off, that's linking both of those two issues in her system. Oh, so those are just some of the things we look at. 
Yeah. Yeah. So do you mind, uh, do you mind, like, can I just share with you what mine was before and then what, how we, you know, what you would think? I know you obviously can't see it because I don't have it anymore. But Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> but, yeah, because I think it would be useful for people to see how that process would go, even just by remote, you know what I mean? Like I know yeah, you got on sure. Skype or something, you could see somebody. But, but um, okay, so when I was um, the acting that persisted into from teenagers to my, gosh, 40s maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Mm, um, yeah. Like, was these tiny, tiny, tiny little zits, probably hundreds, like, on my face. I used to get mm-hmm. them in the back on the chest, more of the kind of, you know, poofy red ones, but not so much. So there were, like, hundreds on my face. So if you looked really closely or, or put your finger over it, uh, some of them, were, many were skin colored, so you couldn't tell. Um, yeah. So there were some blackheads, but mostly, and they weren't pussy per se, but uh, some of them were... Right, right. They're yeah, more of the the drier type, and uh, I would just put a, a layer of. I could try to find some non-comedogenic foundation. I was like the expert as a teenager, like what was rated non-comedogenic. So I wanted to you know cover the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but if you came really close, you could see it. You know. Yeah. Um, and I had uh had I thought I had an iron stomach through you know my childhood you know that I thought that was I could eat anything you know but later on there was like this bloating and then I had some you know painful periods actually very painful periods um mm. and heavy bleeding not so much clots but heavy bleeding painful periods so uh, I'm not sure whether it got worse with uh, the acting got worse with periods but definitely worse with stress no question about that yeah yeah like so many things right. Um, yeah. So what would well, that from be what you're describing, sort of like? Well, there's a couple ways that I would start to make sense of that, right? Um, and it, it just kind of touching the surface. One is if somebody has those lighter, like flesh-colored, lighter, not deep, not cystic, as a teenager, we tend to think the lighter level. So in our language, we would think of that as being a lung and stomach heat, um, which doesn't mean much to the layperson, which is okay. It's just a different – it's a different language – to make sense of the body's physiology that's useful for someone who has my herbal knowledge because then I can take lung and stomach heat and I know what herbs to go to in my pharmacy that are going to address that, right? Um, So that would be one way of looking at it. If that persists as someone gets older, it's a little bit less likely that it's lung or stomach heat, potentially, because that tends to be also like a teenage hormonal or early stage acne approach. Oh, Um, And I would be looking more at dance, especially if you were easily bloating, like there's a, if your digestion's not functioning optimally and it's getting kind of bogged down, there can be damp accumulation. There's lots of other ways that we might notice that in the system. I would feel your pulse. I would look at your tongue. We talk about your bowels, but sometimes those little, um, we call them closed comedones. So like visits without the pustules, um, right. Those can be damp. And so we would address, even if you don't, ha- it's a, it would be especially true if your skin was also greasy, like the kind of person where you're wanting. Definitely it greasy. Like was. Definitely it was. Definitely greasy. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It so still like is. I mean, like, it's, it's, I get the little shine there. People are like, oh, your skin looks so nice. Well, it is really nice, but it tends to do the shine <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. But I wash it three times a day. Um, so that's the question I'm always asking people. Are you wanting to wash your skin? You know, all of us are hopefully washing our skin at night, but are you wanting to blot your skin throughout the day? Um, so that that's a sign of dampness. And so then mm. if you don't ha- it sounds like there's not a lot of, if there's not a lot of redness, either background redness or redness on the lesion itself, there's not a lot of heat. So Mm-mm. I'm also looking for heat signs. Like when you had more of it on your chest and your back, 
that's an indication of what we call toxic heat in Chinese medicine, which, again, doesn't matter that that doesn't mean something to somebody else. It means something to me in terms of the herbs that I prescribe. Um, right. So, but it doesn't sound like you had a lot of redness on your face. So more weak accumulation, perhaps because your digestion is somewhat compromised. So we're going to work to fortify your digestion and help your body manage its water better so that you don't have damp accumulating where it shouldn't. And then in that process, I'm going to add in herbs that I know are going to specifically help clear that damp from the skin of your face as we fortify your digestion, which is really more getting to the root of things. Um, so you can think of like, you know, sometimes I have herbs that are treating uh, symptomatic aspects of what's going on. Let's clear the damp from your face. But we're not neglecting why you have that tendency. We're trying well, the to. constitutional, to, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's so true. That, well, and yeah, damp damp is probably my number one imbalance. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be imbalanced, so that makes sense yeah, for yeah. you in other ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's earth and metal. Like I mean, I have some woody stuff, but <laughs> earth is probably my yeah. biggest imbalance or has been throughout my life. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're right on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and of course, of course, I I do like my. I I'm, do not eat fried foods as much as I used to love to eat it. It's so funny. Like, why would mm-hmm. why would I be craving chips or something like that, or you know, fried foods? Um, and and people now are really into the ketogenic diet. So yeah. would love your feedback on that. If somebody has damp, would that be counter, uh, you know, intuitive or or contraindicated? Uh, if somebody has damp, it would be contraindicated. Uh, oh, would the ketogenic diet be contrary? Um, fried foods for sure. We got that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fried Probably food not is contraindicated for everybody, right? Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think that I know. People do the ketogenic diet for so many reasons, and I hesitate to comment on it because I'm just not that familiar with it. It's not the – it's not the um, – what I'm most skilled in, I would be looking at like what that actually means for them in terms of what they're consuming. And there's so many other factors, but I think for a lot Mm. of people that ketogenic diet can be, you know, if, if that means that we're just eating like proteins and fats, that can be just too heavy for people. Um, Yeah. I think it's like a lot of greens and low glycemic, yeah. Vegetables and not a lot of fruit, a lot of fat, a lot of fat. Right. I mean, a diet that I'm more familiar with is like paleo, right? Which I think, I think right, is which is a close is, cousin. I'm more familiar with the details of that, right? And ketogenic is taking that one step further. But paleo can be great, but it can also be done in a lot of different ways. You can have people that are quote unquote doing paleo, but you've got to dig in. Does that mean that you're eating nothing but meat? <laughs> you know, or are you eating lots of good green leafy vegetables and you know your full vegetable palate and getting some some so you know small amounts of good quality grains in there and and meat also but not in huge portions right and you and and both of those people could be saying that they're eating paleo so i always make sure with folks you know we name these diets but i want to get into the nitty gritty of like okay but what does that look like for you on any given day for you, um, and not take right. for granted the, what the you know what they say that they're doing cuz it it can in practice it can look quite different um, mm. And and yeah, certainly there's going to be people where I'm going to encourage them, um, based on their symptoms and their constitution, to maybe not do a certain diet that seems to be 
kind of a fad. And then there's some people who feel are feeling really good on some of these diets. And so then that, as a clinician, that gives me good information. Like, okay, if I wouldn't have expected that, let me review what I know and why that might be true that they're feeling so great eating this way. Is it true just because it's a, te- a temporary change and they're off of, right. is it just true because they're off of all kinds of gnarly processed Junk food, food? <laughs> and it's not going to serve right, them right. right in the long term? Or is it true because this is a diet that it actually does serve them and, and will continue to serve them for a longer period of time? Mm-hmm, exactly. Let's let's uh, switch gears to, before we go to a question here, or questions here. Um, so if somebody has, uh, typically, I'm not saying like, I know everyone's different in Chinese medicine, we treat everyone as an individual, but typically mm-hmm. when you see someone with what's called psoriasis, so they've got this white, flaky, sometimes thick uh, skin on top of this very red, inflamed area, often on the elbows, often on the back of the neck, uh, very embarrassing mm-hmm. for them to, to go swimming because people think they're diseased, you know, or something like yeah. that, psoriasis yeah. in the head. Yeah. What are the patterns there? Yeah, so it's it's similar in terms of looking at um, taking a good close look at the lesions. So if it's just started, um, if it's worsening really quickly, if it's something called guttate psoriasis, which can come after a virus, an upper respiratory infection, and come on really mm-hmm. strong, then we're thinking of blood heat and toxic heat. So there's there's a real um, there's lots of heat in the body in psoriasis, and that's true even in psoriasis that's been longstanding. Um, people have had it for decades. Psoriasis tends to stay hot for a very long time. So often it, our focus is on clearing heat, and which is true for all these inflammatory skin diseases. But then we're looking at where is the heat. Is it blood level heat? Is it chi level heat? Is it toxic heat? Has it gone to the yin? And there's different signs that are going to point me to that. Um, so, for example, um, hopefully this is helpful and interesting. But so, for example, like if it's if it's blood level heat, they may be more inclined to have what's called an ospit sign. So when you scrape off the top layer of that plaque, it's really likely to bleed. Whereas other ah. Older lesions that are kind of there's less heat in the blood when you when you kind of pick off that top layer, um, it tends to it nicks the capillary off when you nick that off, and if there's less blood heat, it's not going to bleed so much. If there's a lot of heat in the blood, they'll say, oh yeah, it bleeds really easily when I scratch it or I bump it. Or a lot of mm. folks will actually try to take off that top layer, and it'll be really clear to them, yeah, it bleeds really easily. That's blood heat, um, one of the ah. signs. Um, Chi level heat, there may be more like background erythema, background redness. There may be, um, they may have a really, really strong thirst. They may have a voracious appetite. So that kind of heat is showing up in different symptoms not related Mm -hmm. to the skin. Um, Ying level heat is when psoriasis has gone to be erythrodermic, which is which can become an emergency situation. It's kind of spread and it's taken over their whole system. They their skin is very red all over in addition to the lesions and they may actually feel chilled inside because they're losing so much heat their body can't keep up with their internal temperature. That's a ying level oh, wow. heat that's gone quite deep. And we have to take aggressive action with some pretty aggressively cooling herbs and also be mindful that they need may need to be headed to the ER. And I have seen some cases like that in my clinic. Um, Whoa. So that's kind of the heat part of psoriasis. And then there's, it can, there can also be blood stasis or blood stagnation. The lesions there might look more purple as opposed to red. They're darker in hue. 
they might be really well rooted. So there's this sense as you see lots of these cases and start looking at lesions in this way of a lesion kind of being easy to pick off or, or just feeling like it's really superficial versus the word that my mentor uses is that they're tethered, like they're really tethered into the skin. They're not going anywhere. Um, mm. And coupled with other things, that's more of a blood stagnation, um, blood stasis type. And so we would be using blood moving herbs to promote circulation in that case. If I use a blood moving herb on a really rapidly progressing variety of psoriasis that just started or is you know every day they wake up and they've got new lesions I can actually make it worse because it's moving the blood and kind of carrying that heat through the body which is the last thing that person needs um, oh. and then there's dampness so we're looking at how much damp they have if the psoriasis is tends to be on their um, well their intertriginous areas so if it's if it's in their genitals and their gluteal cleft and their armpits in their ears under the breast tissue, those are areas that tend to imply if it's, or they're in their umbilicus and their belly button, those are areas that tend to imply that dampness is a primary factor here. And that's a whole different set of herbs than, you know, blood stasis or than blood, you know, heat. Um, if it's weeping or oozing, if they're quite swollen or if they tend to be swollen, all these things would point to more dampness. And no case, of course, is, is, textbook so as a clinician we're all looking at these cases and trying to figure okay like how much blood heat do I see versus how much toxic heat versus how much dampness is there and then we're writing formulas with herbs that are trying to organize the ratio of herbs that get at those pieces that match the presentation of the of the particular um, patient that we're working with it's a really oh. long answer to your question. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. So does that mean that um, people like the old, you know, like in the old Chinese uh, Chinatown where you get a prescription from the Chinese doctor that you can't read and you go to the Chinatown and there's right. all these bins of everything from, I don't know, it looks like beetles to like, you know, mm-hmm. like dried something or other and you get this huge uh, packet, they they make the prescription and then you have to boil it or whatever and drink it. Is it sort of like that that's how it's done yeah so I don't make people boil it and drink it the way that I that I work in my clinic there are these cooking machines now that they have in um, Chinese hospitals a lot they're like giant pressure cookers yeah and so and I don't have the I don't keep a pharmacy a raw herb pharmacy so I use um, a pharmacy in New York City I write the scripts in that way um, mm-hmm. I don't write them in Chinese. <laughs> I write them in Pinyin. Um, and, and I send them to the pharmacy in New York, and they've got all these giant pressure cookers, so they put that formula together. And I can order someone anywhere from, at the dosages that I prescribe, like five days to three weeks. And these herbs are, they can be really effective, but they're not magical the way that steroids can be. And so okay, okay. this is a process. So people are taking these herbs often for months at a stretch, especially if something's been chronic for years, um, which is which is partly why I don't have people cook the herbs themselves because that's a huge undertaking and and most yes. Americans are just they it's hard for them to make the time to do that. So no, nope, I did not. Cooks it up for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've done it too, but you've got to be super committed. Um, so the pharmacy cooks mm. it up, and then they've got a packing machine. They spit it out, the, the, the cooked liquid, the cooked medicine, mm. into these mm. little 
sachets, and then they ship them off to my patients. Um, so then, then their, their medicine arrives already cooked, and they just take one pouch sometime in the morning and one pouch sometime in the afternoon. It tastes awful. I always prepare them for how bad it's going to be, hoping that I over-prepare <laughs> them and they're not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always tell them to plug yeah. their nose while they're drinking. It helps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh <laughs> Have chasers around, you know. Yep, yep. Oh my God! And now, yeah. now I'm, I'm imagining this process. First of all, I didn't know about this that one could do this, and this is so much yeah. more convenient. Such a great, uh, you know, I love, you know, just love technology and shipping and online ordering and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, how, uh, can you give us an idea how like pricey that is, like for somebody to have these Chinese herbs delivered to their house? Yeah, so it's not inex- it's not an inexpensive undertaking. When you come to my clinic and we're treating skin, it's a flat uh, for the most part. It's a flat eleven dollars a day. Um, so you know, people are spending hundred three hundred dollars a month on their internal mm-hmm. teas. The way that I kind of couch that <laughs> to have it feel like less painful is that we're gonna. I start with. Well, for one, skin disease is just really recalcitrant. And so this is a system that my mentor, who's been doing this for 30-some years and is one of the preeminent Chinese medicine skin specialists in the West, this is – I follow his model because there's no, there's really not anybody who's better at treating skin than he is. Um, so it's just mm. the way that we're going to find success for you. Um, I also will switch it up as quickly as possible. So this is how we start so that we can start to get traction on someone's skin. And then we back off with either the dosage or the um, even switching to something that's not teased as quickly as we can. And then the other thing is that we're really trying to get to the root of this, right? So you're not going to be taking these teas forever. And most people, once they find their way to me, you know, taking steroids, taking immune suppressants, um, taking these pretty intense drugs that there's no, you know, there's no sense that down the road they'll no longer need them. Um, uh, that They're not excited by that prospect. Whereas with the herbs, we got to take them for a while. But the idea is always that you're going to get off of them and that your skin is going to okay, be stable okay. off of them. We don't say that we're curing anything um, because often, you know, we all come into this world that we tend to with ways that our bodies like to fall apart, <laughs> And um, and this is a well-worn pathway for people, you know, whether it's migraine headache or something digestive. We all have the ways that our bodies tend to sort of fall apart when, when life happens to us. And so that may happen again down the road, but we really are trying to get underneath your symptoms to, cre- to correct the imbalance that's giving rise to them. And it makes you far more healthier and far more stable in all kinds of ways for the long term. So sometimes okay. that helps people stomach their cost. Yeah. Well, it doesn't actually sound that bad to me, but you know, it's all relative. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I would have gladly paid that much to yeah. get good skin. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was so depressing, uh so embarrassing at the time. Um uh And that's how most but, people you know, wind up feeling and so the challenge yeah. is to try to get things to shift quickly because people are used to things shifting really quickly the way that right. they often do with Western medicine. So I'm always trying to get a shift quickly to get people because they're, you know, they're coming in and and they trust me to a certain degree, but you're sort of coming in on faith that, that 
and and things don't shift overnight, right? So we're trying as quickly as possible to get things to shift so then people can go, okay, I'm in. I see this. I see things happening now. We took lots of pictures in my clinic for that reason. Um, so that we really yeah, can look at. Yeah, I was thinking that might really help some testimonials. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, because I can't remember visit to visit. So I've had people come in, especially with, well, not especially, with anything where, you know, if somebody's skin, if, if we have a lot of work to do, there can be quite a bit of improvement, but their skin still has a ways to go, right? And so it's super helpful mm-hmm. to have these photos and we can look back. And I've been shocked sometimes to go, oh, my gosh, hey, come look at this. It's clearly better than three weeks ago. Great. And then we can all celebrate and, and keep moving forward. Oh, nice. Well, what about, um, yeah. what about people that aren't close to you uh, logistically? Like how would they, I mean, if they're, say, in Switzerland or something, I mean, can they still somehow right. contact you, consult you, or even get yeah. the tea that's made in New York City? It's always best to see someone that's local. So there's a whole network of those of us who who specialize in skin to a certain degree and have this kind of training. Um, I think it's important to see, I mean, any Chinese herbalist is going to have good training in this. And there are certain kinds of skin conditions where it's kind of important to see someone who specializes in it just because there's things that I know now that even as a Chinese herbalist, as a generalist, I never would have known. But there's a network ah. of people who who have this kind of, um, and, it, and it's always growing. So people can reach out to me and I can try to connect them to somebody closer to them. The reason that it's helpful if you can to find somebody local is because there is so much that we get from looking at your skin. And I mean, I take a magnifying glass out. And so there's just, mm. there's no way that we can replace that. Barring that, if there's nobody local, I have had people fly in to see me or drive in to see me if they're in New England um, so that I can at least, for the first visit or for, you know, every couple of visits, I can um, have that face-to-face time with them and their skin. And then if we can get really good pictures, it is possible to treat from a distance. And we talk over Skype and I have instructions I send to folks to get me really good quality pictures so I can really hone in their prescription. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's ways to work it, but certainly the, the best um, local to you. Okay. Sounds good, and and I'm sh- I'm sure some people are are going to ask. I know you've answered this on your website, but uh, how helpful or not is like regular acupuncture with skin health? Yeah, that's a great question. I tell people it's not vital. So for me, with the skills I have, and of course, like I started off our conversation, this this medicine is vast, <laughs> and there's so many incredible approaches. And so somebody else with a different skill set might say something differently. For me. Um, the, the needling is not our primary intervention here. It's definitely the herbs. Um, there are certain cases where I think the needling is really helpful, particularly in eczemas where um, their eczemas are really, they tend to, they're very changeable. They're very volatile or they can be. And when there's eczemas that are, that are clearly provoked by stress, there's ways that acupuncture can really help work with the nervous system to calm it down to help keep those fluctuations at bay. Um, there's ways that acupuncture needling on the face for acne can help quite a bit, just in terms mm. of getting that inflammation to calm down. And then for the the hyperpigmentation, the darkening that can it's it's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So once we've cleared oh, the leaves out, that inflammation's gone. Yeah, but that darkness stays there. Herbs can really help with that, but there's some 
the, the herbs can help resolve that more quickly. But at that point in time, there are some topical treatments that can be really helpful. So there are some cases where it's a great adjunct, but I would still say when people come to see me for skin, I have to use herbs. Acupuncture is adjunctive if you want to do it. Mm, okay, great. So before we go to the questions that we have, um, are there some basics or self-care rituals that you would recommend for most people to maintain or try to maintain healthy skin? Yeah, there's a couple things. In terms of your face, I think it's becoming more and more well-known. We're seeing it in um, you know, women's beauty magazines and things, but facial gua sha. Um, is a really great way to just keep the tone of your skin. The gua sha, um, for your listeners, it's a, there's a jade, a tool made of jade. Well, gua sha is a tech in Chinese medicine in general that we use on the body. Specifically for the face, you do it with a tool made of jade. And it's just a really mild scraping technique. It helps improve why local jade? circulation. It, um, that's a really good question. I don't know why beyond the fact that it's cooling. So um, oh, okay. there, someone who knows more about stones could know more, but it's always historically been jade, and jade has been used hmm. cosmetically in Chinese medicine in, in ways that, again, not my expertise, but it is specifically cooling. So, like, maybe you've seen jade rollers. Um, th- yes, that's I've really good them. to kind of tighten the pores and tighten the skin. So there's something about jade be- beyond just the cooling even that I am not familiar with, but that's the tool. Um, and there may be other stones for people who know about stones that would have, um, I think, a rose quartz one or um, yeah, rose quartz. That's just yeah. a different color. Yeah. So people who know more about stones would be able to speak to why certain stones would be also good to make these gua sha tools out of. But it's just a scraping technique, and it's um, it helps with local circulation. It helps with lymphatic drainage. Um, it can help with wrinkles. It helps with collagen production. It feels really good. There are so many acupuncture points on the face. And so just regularly stimulating those, I think, is it's just good self-care, good medicine, no matter what. Um, so that's a great technique. The basics of, like, staying hydrated, of making sure that you're eating, you know, good fresh food, lots of good vegetables, lots of, you know, just eating cleanly is really good. Um, if you don't suffer from a, a damp skin condition or dampness in other ways, you know, good quality. All of us need good quality oils. Sometimes I, um, if someone's got a damp condition, I don't want them taking oil supplements. But making sure you're getting oh. good nuts and seeds and avocados and coconut oil and oily fish and all that so we get our good um, omega-3s. Um, dry skin brushing that comes out of the Ayurvedic tradition can be great just to promote circulation locally and move lymph. So that's kind of a it's a it's a firm bristle brush, and you you know start at your extremities and move all that up, and you just brush your whole body every morning as a daily practice. It's a great exfoliation and just again also great to um, help local circulation and stimulate your lymphatic system. Mm. Those are some things. What about that come those cupping face? There's a funny, funny, funny oh, yeah. video of yeah. that woman in her car uh-huh. cupping her face, and oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. There is so facial cupping. It's similar to gua sha. I think for self care, gua sha is probably easier. I think facial cupping takes a little. You, you have to work on the technique a little bit more, but for sure, you can get mm. your own set of their smaller facial cups, and they've got 
suction on the end. And it's the same idea. You're just, um, you know, you're stimulating the skin locally, and that's promoting circulation and collagen production and stimulating all those acupuncture points. So, yes, thank you. That's a great idea, too. Mm, that's really, really interesting. Now, some of the people are going, before you go running out to buy the gua sha tool, uh, I mean, there's like a whole bunch of different shapes, and there's heart shapes, and there's square shapes. I mean, does it make a difference? I don't what think the it really is? matters. No, you can okay. use different, you use different edges. On, um, you want to have a flat edge, you want to have a little bit of a rounded edge, and then you want to have something that's not, not sharp and pokey, but kind of pointed. Because that's how you can mm. get in when you're doing the work to actually work on a wrinkle, for example, or a laugh line or something. Um, you want to have kind of an edge to get in there a little more closely. But I don't, in my experience so far, the shapes don't make a big difference. Oh, okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are there any foods for sure besides, you know, too much fried food <laughs> that one should avoid? Right. Well, if somebody, yes. If somebody's got an inflammatory skin condition, so that, like, if there's redness involved, like we talked about, let's just add as our sign of inflammation, um, mm-hmm. you want to avoid foods that are heating. Um, so that's, and that can be surprising to people. So one of the reasons that you want to avoid fried food, partly it's because of that vehemence, but partly it's because those, those poor quality oils can be really heating in the body. Um, you want to avoid uh, garlic and ginger, things that are not bad for you inherently, right? But they're warming. Right, right. And especially garlic can, and even onions can be aggravating for inflammatory skin conditions. All of the warming spices, so cinnamon, cloves, um, all the things we think of in winter, because they're warming and they're wonderful spices that are really good for us, if you have heat in your system, you're working against yourself if you're consuming those. Black pepper even. Um, if people are eating spicy food, lots of salsas, um, you know, whatever your favorite, you know, rooster sauce or whatever your favorite spicy <laughs> salsa or hot sauce is, um, I tell people we need to remove those for the time being. It doesn't have to be a forever thing, but you're, mm-hmm. you're working against yourself if we've got this heat in your system and you keep adding to it by having all this spicy food. Um, there are certain cases where I want people to get off the alcohol, partly because it's heating. You know, it's, we all know that it, you know, hard alcohol, it burns going down, right? It, it warms right, us right. up in winter. All of these things, they have their, they have their place and they're medicinal in their own right. Not fry food, maybe, but, <laughs> um, but they, but then there are times when they're not useful. So it's especially for psoriasis and especially if for like, a damp type of psoriasis, I'm going to ask people to get off the alcohol. Um, There are, you know, with acne, sugar tends to be more important if somebody is dealing with acne. So I might not insist on that with eczema, but with acne, I really do insist that people get off sugar. I also have people look a little bit more closely at if they're eating a lot of dairy, like the kinds of cheeses that they're eating. Um, Again, this depends on the variety of acne. Or peanut butter can be incredibly aggravating. It's damp oh, producing. Bummer. So somebody's got <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Um, but if somebody has a pustular type of acne, and they eat a ton of peanut butter, it can be this like hidden culprit that's really feeding into that for them. Um, and then with something like psoriasis, 
And anything that's got an autoimmune component, potentially, I don't jump on the bandwagon of gluten is the devil that our, that our kind of mainstream health and wellness culture is on at the moment. Um, but it can be, gluten can be, certainly most Americans eat too much of it. That's a given. And we eat poor quality yeah. gluten. That's a given. And um, for people with autoimmune skin conditions, it's really important to look at um, what some of your dietary autoimmune triggers might be, and gluten is one of those. So I insist on that for a mm. lot of psoriasis cases. Mm. Oh, great advice. Fantastic. So if you have a question to ask um, Alexa, you can give us a call. The number is 818-518. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. 818-514-1190. Just hit one. Again, it's 818-514-1190. Hit one, and we'll see that your hand's up. And if you want to post a question in the chat, you can do so as well. Okay, so we have someone here, area code 717. And say your first name, and then you can share what your question is. Hello? Area code 717? Hello? Hello. I'm oh. sorry I had you on mute. Um, I'm calling, my name's Tina, and I'm actually calling hey, Tina. A really close, my close friend, and she had psoriasis, like, all over her body, the back of her head, her neck, her arms, and she has now started the, um, and she also gets, um, oh, oh, what do you, what do you have, seizures, so she has to really be careful what she gets treated by, and she's been on some crazy medications, and I beg her, please don't, please don't, and She's now, you know, trying to find other ways, and she did Coletta Silver for a couple months now, but she was turning blue, and i just been texting her all along. She's at work now, so she can't listen live, so she's going to listen to the replay, but um, I really think you could help her. I mean, listening to the, I'm just so excited for her, and I, I mean, at first I had a question for about helping psoriasis, but now just listening to it, obviously you do. <laughs> so, oh, uh, and where is it that you live, or where does your friend live? In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, Okay. Um, yeah, I well, yeah, there's her, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I texted her and said, we're ready for a road trip. Let's go to New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe well worth it. Uh, what a great friend yeah. you are. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, the pain that she has, I mean, there's times that I've, like, tried to treat her. I put um, some bentonite clay on her arms one time, and then put some honey on I was. She's like, what are you doing to me? I said, honey, it hurts me to see you like this. Yeah. I break my heart. Well, yeah, I hope that she can listen to the replay, and then I'll be happy to, if y'all want to reach out, um, then we can talk more specifically about her case or find someone, again, that's close to y'all who might be able to see her. It sounds like if she's got also seizures happening, you know, if a case is too complex at a certain point, it's really important to be face-to-face with that person. So it sounds like she mm-hmm. has a level of complexity just that goes beyond the psoriasis. Oh, but I'll certainly yeah. do everything that I can um, to try to get well, you guys pointed in the right direction to get her some relief. Yeah, she needs just to get something because, like, they, the, her doctor wanted to put her on this stuff that could actually make her pass out or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. You don't have to. And so now she's trying. I mean, she, she treats her dog with all the natural stuff. And I said, your dog's going to save your life because now you're going to learn natural for yourself too. <laughs> so, you know, it's like sometimes, we take care, sometimes we take care of our animals more than we do ourselves. So um, I yeah. told her along, she believes in this for her dog. Now this is going to save her life. So hopefully 
we'll get her on board here and she'll listen to you. And that's all I have to say. I, I really see a future for her to Aww. start somewhere that's down the path. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope your Thanks friend so much. does take you up on that uh, offer. That is so generous. <laughs> That is great. Yeah. Like I said, if I knew now, you know, then what I know now, I'd, I'd be hiking up, up to you to do for sure, yeah. especially since you're not yeah. going to make me boil herbs three times a day because I actually told my acupuncturist <laughs> in L.A. she wanted to put me on these herbs, right? And she's like, you know, Chinese and, you know, broken English and the whole bit. And and uh, I said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I just <laughs> oh, you know what? It's so great. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. You know, I'm an assistant professor at UCLA. Yeah, I'm call. I mean, I'm just not gonna do it. And uh, it's so awesome to learn that you can do it with somebody else doing the good right. thing. <laughs> right. Right. It, it so also great. not only that. It also, um, it helps to regulate a little bit what the medicine is because if people are cooking at home, mm-hmm. like I want to have mm-hmm. a few you know, unknowns as possible. If people are cooking at home, I don't know how they might be, you know, doing the water or the boiling they, or whatever. So yeah, are they burning it or, yeah. Right, right. And with, and you know, what about the water? We really, what about the, what about the water? water? Yeah, is that a concern, um, quality of water? Yeah, it's a, I mean, as much of a concern as it ever is, but I, ha- I haven't actually ever thought of that. In the, um, although mm, I did. I'm thinking fluoride and chlorine and. Yes, exactly. Um, I was at an event recently, and there was a woman who has made up for life mission. She suffered from terrible acne and tried everything and noticed that it went away when she was out of the country. And she finally put her finger on it that for her, the culprit was fluoride. And so that's now on my radar. I mean, I think for a lot of us, I, I think that that might be, I mean, it's, I'm going to pass that along and make sure that the people that I work with know that. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to be the magic bullet for everybody. I think it's, we get, um, it's a, we can, we can, I don't know, distract ourselves or get, a, get our hopes raised or something when we think, oh, it's going to be this one thing. It's often, you know, it takes a village of practitioners or a bunch of different things coming together. Right. But um, that was news to me that someone had so clearly experienced that it was definitely the fluoride that was affecting her skin. And it was dramatic change. Like, that was it for her. Wow, so, wow, wow, wow. Uh, well, the, I mean, for, yeah. from my point of view, just, you know, as far as vibrationally and, you know, toxins and what fluoride does mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, chlorine, fluoride. Like, I mean, New York City is a city. I mean, city water, ideally, what I'd love to see is that, yeah, they do, you know, double osmosis, you know, like, I mean, it's not yeah, maybe yeah. structured water, but uh, we can always structure yeah. it. Uh, vibrationally after it gets to us, but it would be awesome if if they actually had like you know filtered water as part of the process. That was like an extra bonus. Yeah, 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 yeah. For extra sure. bonus. Yeah. Well, maybe you can like kind of bug them <laughs> about that. <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. See now everybody knows about you guys, and you're on the <laughs> yeah, you're, you're on there. So. Uh, That'd be great. So um, we also were going to let's, let, let, double check that nobody else has their hand up at the moment, and the chat. No, no, nobody wants to answer, uh, ask questions on the chat. Okay. Um, so the other thing um, I think you were maybe going to share with us is a, is about some. Um, just uh, we talked about self care rituals, and uh, we talked about maybe some foods to avoid. But what about other things like positive, maybe positive foods that might help? Yeah. Um, well, when you've got, there's a couple layers to this. Again, if you've got 
clearly inflammation going on, then the things that are going to, the foods that are going to help you clear that out, it's really about eating lightly and cleanly. So fresh vegetables, salads, um, mung beans can be good and cooling, aduki beans can be good and cooling, you know, all kinds of, um, of herbs. So it's when we talk about needing to take spices out of your diet, it's about the heat. Mm. It's not about taking flavor away, right? So um, okay. all kinds of herbs can be helpful and cooling and refreshing. There is a caveat to that where in Chinese medicine, um, we recognize the importance of eating seasonally and eating according to the weather. And so, for example, in northern Maine, there were freeze warnings this morning. And so when it's freezing cold outside, <laughs> we're moving into autumn and eventually we'll be back in winter, um, you know, eating uh, salads supporting your body. And this is a whole other conversation. Um, but eating cleanly in that way can help relieve some of the inflammation and help drain it out. Um, if it's winter, then I wouldn't probably recommend salads, but I recommend just eating lightly. And I think we all have a sense of what that means. So you're eating maybe soups, vegetable soups, you're steaming your vegetables, um, you know, not drowning them in tons of oil or things like that. Okay. Green tea can be really well, good. Green tea can be mm -hmm. detoxifying and clear some of that heat out as well. Um, yeah, those are the things that come to mind. And then just eating in a generally anti-inflammatory way, which, um, you know, I try to impress upon my clients and patients. I know it feels like such a big undertaking, and it's unfortunate that in, you know, modern America it is that way. But eating in a quote-unquote anti-inflammatory way is really, for the most part, eating the way humans ate from the beginning of time <laughs> until very recently. <laughs> and so um, I really try to help people see all of the possibilities that actually when we're asking you to eat in an anti-inflammatory way, for most people, that's opening up a whole world of of whole grains and vegetables and different kinds of meat and herbs and spices and getting you out of like the spaghetti pizza burger <laughs> rut, um, that permeates. Oh, so but pizza is so good. <laughs> it is. It is. It's delicious. There's a great it's book. A um, <laughs> do you know Michael Pollan, the author no. Michael Pollan? Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, yes, Michael yes, Pollan. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has been become known as a food journalist. He's got this new book out about psychedelics, right? So he's really about sort of oh, right. how That's he started with yes. the environment. Yeah. So he's, but he's got a series of books for the past, you know, any number of years. He's become a huge proponent of the slow food movement and has really done some in-depth research and has some books that are more heady and some books that are more for the layperson. Um, but then has this great little book that's called Food Rules. And it's not, it's a fun book. It's not as, you know, he's not like laying down the law, but it gives you fun ways thinking about how to get back to basics. Because I think in terms of food, we've all lost touch with that. Everyone's on to the newest quote unquote diet. And we're forgetting okay. what the basics are of just eating real food. Like that's foundational. And for most people, that's a huge shift just in and of itself. Just eat real food, right? Never mind what varieties of real food to eat real food. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that's he said, food. Yeah. Yeah. Like not, not cheese slices. <laughs> right. Margarine. Right, exactly. But have as many cookies, pies, 
have as much bread as you like, but make it pizza. This is what got me thinking about it. But make it yourself, right? So what would it look like if all of the bread that we consumed was bread that we were all making at home? What would it look like if all of the cookies we consumed were cookies that we literally were making from scratch? That in and of itself would fundamentally change the amounts we would eat, but also the quality of, the, of those foods that we're consuming. So that's one of his tips. And then the other is to, to like, yeah, have some fun. Pizza's totally delicious. So have it be a special occasion food, right? But recognize that there are certain foods that really it's going to serve us to keep in the realm of special occasion foods. And then there's the foods that we want to be nourishing and feeding and growing our bodies with on a regular basis. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, wow, great, great advice. Okay, oh my gosh, the hour's up. Let me just make sure we have your website. Uh, maybe I'll let you share, you know, how people can contact you, what your websites, what resources are there, so you can go ahead yeah, and share that sure. now. Thank you. Yeah, my website is atxskin.com, and that's my skin-specific website. There's also a website for my practice at large, um, atxacu.com, or you can go to alexagilmore.com, and that will eventually be another website, but for now it's being redirected to those, so you can find me websites that way. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm on, on Facebook and Instagram, actually under my name um, in all the normal hmm. ways. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll just have you spell it just for... Oh, my name, Alexa Gilmore, yes. yes. Well, Alexa has become ubiquitous because of the Amazon Alexa, so A-L-E-X-A, and my last name, Gilmore, G-I-L-M-O-R-E. Okay. Like Gilmore Girls. Perfect. So both of my names have been taken over by pop culture. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, very cool. Alexa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Lots of great information, uh, hope, you know, I think uh, for, for people, and I know how terrible it is for people to suffer from skin diseases, and they so many times are misguided from, you know, us medical doctors, unfortunately, just to treat the outside, just to treat the outside, you know, and not look at the internal, um, you know, the internal milieu of, of the person and what's going yeah. on in their lives. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, oh, gosh, now we have two other people with their hands up. I don't know. Can you stay a few <laughs> minutes? Uh, we have a little bit yeah, less. Well, we actually have a little. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I that, can, now that yeah. you're going to go. Now they put their hand up. Okay, let me, let me uh, unmute. Uh, nine. Okay, area code 941. Who's this? Hello, 941, area code? Yes. You have your hand up? Yes, how you Do you doing? have a question? Hi. Yes. Hi, my name is Jose. Hi, Jose. Um, Hi, Jose. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I've been hearing your show, and then uh, I just want to see if you can check me, you know, how is my cholesterol. I'm a a, a skinny person, you know, I'm I'm on my perfect way, but the other day I was in the supermarket, and I did one of the -the over-the-counter check, and they told me something about my cholesterol. It's not high, high, but... They told me, like, you know, I have to check my cholesterol and see, you know, how can it be. What did, what, what what was the number they gave you? Because I'm not familiar with that, uh, to, the store test. 
Is oh, that total okay. cholesterol? Is that LDL? Is that triglycerides? Do you know what that was testing? The, the TC, they told me, yeah, it's 248. 248. So that sounds like total cholesterol. Hmm. Yeah, the total hmm, cholesterol, yeah. Yeah, so Alexa, would yeah. that be potentially a sign of dampness to have high cholesterol, so-called high cholesterol? <laughs> Not necessarily. There's so many other things that are going to feed into that. Mm. Yeah. So cholesterol is not, it's not, it's, it's always interesting to me um, when people are coming in with their all kinds of lab work and sometimes I take it into consideration, but it's not something that would feed directly into a diagnosis. Yeah. Well, I can just, you know, mm-hmm. putting my medical doctor hat on, um, Jose, I just say that I've seen in my patients okay. high cholesterol sometimes due to other medications, and if you're not on those and you're you're slim, um, uh, inflammation yeah, is usually a major cause. Yeah. So if you're infl- if mm-hmm. you if there's a lot of fire in your inflammation, then the body actually makes cholesterol to put out the fire. So you should definitely uh, you know go see a functional medicine person. I would recommend like a um, you know, a medical doctor who does functional yeah, medicine. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and just keep, you know, I mean, the, the test may or may not be accurate, so I wouldn't be worried about it. But maybe just, okay. you know, other changes you can have. In your, and then some of the things that Alexa mentioned about the food choices, the quality of foods, and, yeah, of course, yeah, stress yeah. reduction is food, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm a Hispanic, and, and, you know, I love bread and rice. And sometimes, you know, those are part. Yeah, well, you know, like like we said, like maybe making your own bread. Like I have a somebody down the the, the, okay, the town that uh, the moved. He um this family is uh thank you Jose. This family is uh Hispanic and they make tamales, you know? And I generally mm-hmm. do not eat, you know, corn or you know, in general, you know, do eat a lot of mm-hmm. corn, although I love corn Special occasion food. Yeah, special occasion food, but it's awesome, you know, to have these real yeah. authentic chefs, you know, be able to yeah. make real tamales and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not every day, but it's 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 so great. So great question, Jose. Okay, let's check uh, area code 813. Hi, who's this? Hi, how are you? Excellent. What's your name? My name is Jessica. Hey Jessica, we're getting a little bit of an echo, but <laughs> uh, what's your question? Oh, 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 her call dropped. Mm. Oh, bummer. Okay, well, let me just see if she chatted here over here. No, no, no. Everyone's most everybody wants to call today, so unfortunately, <laughs> we lost Jessica. That's too bad. Okay, Sorry, well, Jessica. I guess we'll say, Sorry, Jessica. Um, I guess we'll say bye again. I want to thank you again and thank everyone who listened to the show, uh, either live or on the replay. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So please, you know, uh, visit uh, Alexa uh, at her website. Again, that is atxskin.com is one of them, or atxacu.com. And, uh, and then you can check it out on oh, – oh, maybe we got her back here. <laughs> Uh, ooh, ooh, oh my ooh, gosh, ooh. Now there's two other Another people. Fall. Every time we try to say goodbye, there's somebody else. <laughs> Let's try again. Let's try again. Okay. okay. One last try. One last try. 813. Who are you? This is Jessica. Can you hear me? Okay. We got the right person, Jessica. So, Jessica, mm-hmm. ask your question real quick. Oh, no. Jessica. Jessica. Oh. 
I, she sounds really far away, and I can't hear you, yeah. Jessica. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Don't worry about the echo. Just go ahead and ask your question. Okay. I have lichen sclerosis of the vulva area. Uh-huh. Can you hear that? Yes. And I how long, how long yeah. have you had it? Um. I, you know, that's the hard part. I have a feeling I had it longer, but I did not um, present with the typical itching. My daughter's 14 years old, and I have a feeling when I stopped nursing when she was about 18 months, that was my first flare-up, but I didn't know what that was. Um, but I was diagnosed by biopsy th- two years ago. Okay. Yeah, so it's something, if you're looking for another way to treat it, it's certainly worth finding someone like me who does what I do there's it's we don't you know it's not one of the most common things that we treat but there's definitely ways that we can look at your whole system and again okay. the dietary um, things that we've talked about during the show and 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 work with that so it's worth checking into if you're if you're suffering enough that you're wanting to tend to it for sure yeah I, I actually have been doing acupuncture and I actually mm-hmm. had um a procedure where they put your own stem cells in the area to help try to rejuvenate. Oh, yeah. It's a very small area. Um, mm-hmm. It just happens to be in the area where you push a baby out, so it uh, yeah. presents with tearing. Um, okay. But it's just hard not knowing, I guess, diet-wise. Because the only way Western medicine even can treat this is with a extremely high-dose steroid cream to mask the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't know very much about it at all. Injection? And uh, the, the only way they have help? to treat it is with the steroid cream, which I haven't done. I haven't felt that I wanted to go that route with the thinning of the skin and everything. Right, it's not an area that you want to thin. Um, did the steroid, did the um, stem cell injection help? You know, I I feel it did help it from getting worse. I've been fortunate in that it's such a small area, and again, I feel that maybe I've had it longer and was mm-hmm. able to with a healthy, without knowing, with a healthy diet, and maybe not keep it from getting worse, but. Mm-hmm. It never, it didn't get worse, but it didn't get better in that area either. So that's yeah, why I didn't yeah. know if acupuncture was an option for that. Well, what what I would say is, again, with my skill set, acupuncture is not quite the right tool. It's really about herbs. Um, okay. So acupuncture is going to be great to help keep your whole system in balance in other ways. But then there are certain conditions in the body where we really need herbs. They just address things differently um, with those tools that I have. So there would be, when people come to me with lichen sclerosis, one thing we're talking about, we are talking about diet, and I'm really looking at an autoimmune protocol. So I'm having people eat in an anti-inflammatory way, but sort of a step beyond that. So um, gluten and nightshade vegetables and eggs and and I have people get on that just for, doesn't have to be forever, but for the short term in the event that there's a, you know, an inflammatory response to those foods that, that's putting pressure on this issue for you. It relieves that during the course of our treatment together, helps us get momentum more quickly. And then okay. the way that I treat lichen sclerosis beyond that is really about everything else that's happening in your system. So it would be, and this is, I think, true with any Chinese herbalist, it's going to be all about 
you know, your vitality, your menstrual cycle, your digestion, your sleep, like all of those things are really going to feed into how do we support this whole system? Um, okay. So there's, there is an opportunity there for you to be supported in this. Okay. It's interesting yeah. you say anti-inflammatory foods. A couple years ago at 40, my back started breaking out really bad. Nowhere else, just my mm. back. And mm. I, I just I felt like there was something causing it other than I just felt it was diet, went to a dermatologist, and all they wanted to do is prescribe, I think, antibiotics. And I, I just I wasn't willing to go that route. So I thought, you know, maybe I'm allergic to something. And I went to an allergist for the first time in my life. He saw my back and was like, wow, because they were very deep. They were very deep, mm. um, painful, probably about 20, you know, pimples that would finally come to a head. And he said, you know, I don't know if this, but we'll, we'll go ahead and test you. And it came back that I was allergic to eggs. And it just mm. coincidentally, well, I don't think it was a coincidence, but I had started eating eggs thinking I needed more protein about six months before that. Took them out of my diet. My back cleared up 100%. 100%. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. crazy it's how that little of a change in my diet and you know I didn't put two and two together because I never would have thought eggs would cause that but in me it caused an inflammatory response and the way it surfaced was acne on my back so you know it's just one of those things of solving the the problem without masking it with medication that can take care of a lot of things at once but not it's not necessarily taking care of the problem so for sure, yeah. And exactly. also sometimes there's a it's, – it's not about um, just sort of putting up with things when we're really suffering, but there yeah. is – some of the work that I do with patients and clients is to remind them, like, our bodies are idiosyncratic. And so, like, we do just sort of accumulate and develop things as we move and go through life. And so yeah. I don't want – people don't have to suffer. And sometimes if it's just a little – if it's a small issue – Sometimes it's just sort of going to continue to exist as a reminder, you know, um, and right. it helps keep us on track because it can get worse if we're not eating well, if we're underslept, if we're um, if we're stressed out. Sometimes these these little issues can actually be little gifts for us because they they'll start to get worse as we're not taking care of ourselves, and they can be reminders of oh right, I need to get back on eating well, get back on sleeping well, get back on my meditation practice, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and I totally agree because your body wants yeah. to heal. And I feel like with the lichen, it's been a little different because that one usually, you know, for example, the acne on the back, I was able to find what was really going on. But the mm-hmm. lichen's been a little different. And I do feel maybe mm-hmm. a hormonal imbalance at the time of stopping nursing and giving birth mm-hmm. may have shifted something. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just hard when you don't, you know, you can't quite put your finger on exactly when it happened. But, well, yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. So the herbal herbal route would be good for that. Yeah, and I would definitely, you can you can reach out to me and I can find someone local to you. I would definitely try to find someone who's, who's really, um, you know, focused on herbs and even who has focused on skin if you're wanting to work on this particular issue. And yeah, I, can help I, I definitely am interested. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're so welcome. Okay. Have a good day. Okay. Great. Well, <laughs> thank you for that. 
Okay, let's try this one more time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alexa, for being on this show. Thank you for staying a little <laughs> later and answering some questions. We really got to go now. But uh, thanks, everyone, yeah. for listening in. Until next time, bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.